Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. This right here, I'm Chris Brown with Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. It's got to be the smartest podcast in the country. You know, Mel, when they say... By smart, uh, you mean dumb? Yeah, but you know when they say, you know, when you're wrong, apologize. When you're right, take the high road. There's no high road here on first draft because all three of us... Pick the Eagles. Mel and I, 27, yeah. 24. I think Todd, I think Todd actually had the cover. 31, 28. Okay. Smartest podcast, right? All three of us. Winners. I even called into Kuiper's show Saturday. He did. he did. I can't believe you did that for 15 seconds, but I appreciate it, Todd. Oh, my son was in soccer practice. I was sitting in the cardboard. I had <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> nothing to do. He actually just got a random number and it happened to be Mel's <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> I was shocked when I heard that. We got uh, Todd from Boston is on the line. Right. He wants to comment. <laughs> uh, I told him, I told Uranaga I wanted to surprise Kuiper. One of these years is going to be Tate from Boston calling in. We, uh, so okay. we, Todd, Mel and I were just uh, theorizing while you were doing your 47th Sports Center hit of the day. We were theorizing that we've been talking on this podcast for ah, 20 years about how it's really hard to, it's really hard to figure out offensive linemen, offensive tackles specifically right now, how hard they are to grade. The Super Bowl showed us the future of the NFL. You just don't call holding penalties, and then all the offensive tackles will be really easy to, to monitor. Because there was, almost, what, 90, 91 passes, zero holds. Yeah, how often can that happen? And no holding penalties. Give me a break. And that, that Clement <laughs> touchdown, or not, it, was a, it was a touchdown, really. And then I, con- <laughs> I contend, Todd, that if Ertz's catch would have occurred in October, what November, it would have been ruled incomplete. What the hell are you guys talking about? We're saying that, that it, it, it was an amazing. He took two game. steps before he before he dove to the ground. It's different than the than the Steelers one where he hey, the, the catch was bringing him stuff. down. Hey, he caught it at the five and, and let the let the, the fellas line. play. I thought it was great. Hey, I thought it was, hey, we thought I, it was great hey, too. I, I just hey, think it's it's easier to finally, project finally, offensive tackles right. when they don't finally hold. let them play. And we had the most entertaining Super Bowl in the history of the game because they let them play, and that's what we've been screaming about for years. Let them play. Yeah, that game I, was awesome. I give Steratore a lot of credit because I think they got the word, and they also they threw out the process of the catch prior to the game. Goodell made his point. We applauded him for it. I made him almost hero of the week last Saturday on a Dari Mel show. Wow, that would have been that. a big honor for him. And here he goes. And here he is. This we letting him play and, and the process of the catch. Hey, as Ertz said, can you imagine in Philadelphia if they'd have said incomplete? I love it. A good Big 12 Super Bowl. That's what we got. Mm-hmm. All-time record that game was for awesome. NFL for yards in a game. Not not playoffs, not Super Bowl. Game. Period. It was um, as good as Georgia high scoring. It was, it was as good as Georgia, Alabama. Wow. Hi, Mark's there. Yeah, we've been fortunate. We've had a lot of great championship games in every sport. So yeah. I said Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. It yeah. was as good as Georgia, Oklahoma. Georgia, Alabama was really good late, but Georgia, Oklahoma was good from start to finish. This game was good from start to finish as well. Guys, this is the first draft podcast. There were a lot of questions coming out of the game, questions we didn't expect to have answered. I'll throw one to both of you right now. And I heard 97 Eagles fans talking about it in the airport yesterday. They were very hungover, but this was the conversation. What do you do with Nick Foles? What if somebody somebody offers you a two for Nick Foles, and then you got Nate Sudfeld, and then you got to draft another guy? I mean, Mel, 
throw that out there in terms of just, how you're thinking about it. Let's just trade Wentz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight to Foles. You got the you got the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, this is a team that at one point, remember Andy Reid was in Philadelphia, drafted A.J. Feely and ended up dealing him to Miami. So team. you think about Nick Foles, yeah, I think it's a luxury to have that. They got a Super Bowl win from him. Uh, we've seen Super Bowl quarterbacks move. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl in Baltimore, was cut loose, and they brought in Elvis Gerr back the next year. So uh, I think if you can get it to, Todd, two and another pick, if there's competition for Foles and you can get maybe a little more than a two, why not? Also, why not keep him for a year? Yeah, because the, you're not you're not paying. the combined cap hit. Yeah, you can say, oh, he makes seven point six, and he's a backup. But Wentz, Wentz is on his rookie deal. There, there's sixteen individuals at the quarterback position, starting making more money than, than those two combined in that room. In yeah. NFL. So, uh, to me, especially with the way you use Wentz with the RPOs and how much he likes to run and how reckless he can be at times, I I don't know. I think. It's almost it's worth it to me. So mm-hmm. a year and then and then you figure it out moving forward. I mean, this team yeah. is built to last right, right now, man. I am yeah. so impressed with the Eagles roster mm-hmm. from top to bottom. They they well, brought you're saying, in. You're saying Foles becomes Garoppolo, yeah, for a year. Make him a prisoner hey, for and, a year. And by the way, if you're the Eagles, Todd just talked about they have their core locked up. If you don't think Carson Wentz is even 92% in week one, you don't want to play him because you want to be playing in February. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that in that sense, um, yeah, you have to keep folds around. Guys, flip the script a little bit there. What about the other side of the ball? Obviously, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Malcolm Butler probably isn't with the New England Patriots next year. Todd, in your mock draft, you gave them MJ Stewart, a cornerback out of North Carolina. Todd's mock is out today. Check out ESPN.com. We'll get into that. But talking a little bit about how New England could be different next year. We know the coaching staff is going to be different. Where else? I mean, obviously the secondary is one starting point here. Yeah, secondary. I think I think linebacker. Yeah. Their defense at People times. are going after Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. You see him? Yep. They're throwing that way. Yep, and then offensive tackle. You've got two. I believe they both tackles are going to be unrestricted free agents. Yeah, yeah Marcus and Cannon's coming off the injury. Uh, yeah. If they're losing one of the best O line coaches on the planet, maybe, maybe. Yep. If, but yeah, that's a that's a position. You got a forty one year old quarterback. You know, Brady's going to be back. We assume um, it's not traded to the Jags yet. Uh, I love how the sky is falling, though. Like everyone, take a right. deep breath. It's going to be okay. The Malcolm Butler thing, though, Todd, is real. How can you not put him in that game? It's going to be his know. final game in a Patriot uniform. There, it's not disciplinary. It's not illness. What is it? I don't care what is. And it's Belichick and and Saban are all about no distractions, and that created a huge distraction within your team when it happens seconds before kickoff. Eric Rowe finds out he's starting. He's crying during the national anthem. Everybody's impacted. We've had High Tower chime in, and different players have have done. It's it's it was a major well, distraction. Even if you when, you're getting, when you're getting torched, Todd. And you got a forty-minute half. Right, that's what I'm going to say. Even Why if you make that, you de- if you yeah. make that decision, okay. Listen, you're Bill Belichick. Not many decisions can we sit here and, and you know really mm-hmm. attack. But if you make that decision, and, and now you're watching your team get torched, you can, I mean, you can't tell me that he. I feel like every sports talk radio show in the country has done this for hours, so I don't want to get right. it home. But you can't tell me that he couldn't have helped at some point during that game, and it wasn't something to do with his reaction or something else. It seemed 
really bizarre. stubborn. It was yeah. bizarre. It was bizarre. to see that happening in front of you. All these points being put up and a record number of total yards and you know, a corner that obviously isn't as good as Gilmore. Like Gilmore eliminated Alshon Jeffrey, and now all of a sudden now you got a corner who could have helped you against Aguilar and uh, you know Tory Smith, and you don't put him out there. I, I, I can understand that, but at the end of the day, you know, you look at these two teams and you say Philadelphia not having. Jordan Hicks, Jason Peters, Marigo, Sproles, Wentz, and still winning a Super Bowl was pretty amazing for Howie Roseman, their GM, to put together uh, a personnel base as deep and as good as this. Yeah, one. and Joe Douglas and Andy Weidel coming over from your Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. and bringing seven Ravens, handpicking seven Ravens to bring over within a, a year period. Right. And I just about all of them contributed. So, mm-hmm. I mean. And by the way, the Eagles are what makes kind of. This offseason, so fun. The Eagles were a seven and nine team with a rookie quarterback, and we always talk about continuity. <laughs> Every now and then, the Eagles happen where they just went to town on that roster. Yep, and they made um, a lot of good decisions. They made a lot of gutsy decisions. This goes back to, I mean, we're talking about aggressive moves, uh, trading for a cornerback back in August. Um, you know, with Buffalo, it was it was wild, and again, it it it's what makes football so fun. It's why the off season is nuts. It's why the draft is such a big deal. Is um, again, you know where the seven and nineteen. You know where the Super Bowl is next year? It's in Atlanta. Okay, we've never had a home team host the Super Bowl, right? Minnesota almost did, but came up short, got destroyed by the Eagles after getting a seven nothing lead. Atlanta. If you're the Falcons, guys. You lost to the New England last year in a Super Bowl game. You had. Okay, so you figure we should have won the Super Bowl last year. And then this year, they had Philadelphia beaten. And Philadelphia, they're down there. And I guarantee you, if yep. you ask 20 guys, who would you have taken when Matt Ryan had them ready to score? 19 and a half or 19 and three quarters, I would have said, we're taking Atlanta. And they came up short. So they should have beaten the Eagles, who won the Super Bowl this year. Had New England, the Super Bowl champ last year, beaten. If you're Atlanta, I'm sitting here thinking, let's, let's focus on the offseason. Let's come out and win a Super Bowl at home next year. Well, Mel's made his case. Obviously, an amazing hey, super, me up, man. obviously an amazing Super Bowl. <laughs> where, and, where the hell? Where does that come from? <laughs> that, that that crazy brain of mine. Yeah, <laughs> that is unbelievable. That rant you just went on, I love it. So, we gave you 15 minutes, not quite, on the Super Bowl and what's going on next year. It's time to get into Todd's mock now. Mock it up. If you own a TV, you've seen Todd talk about the top five of this mock a lot. This mm. is, uh, I, w- I want to get into some, there's some new names people don't know. Um, there's some interesting situations such as Philly and New England down the board that we want to get into. So, uh, let's hit a few different names here, though. I do want to start not quite at the top. Todd at the top put Sam Darnold. And Saquon Barkley, the Browns get those guys. He's got Josh Rosen to the Giants. He's got Bradley Chubb, the great pass rusher, to the Colts. But the most interesting spot on the board, you know, for conversation starting is at number five, where he has the Denver Broncos taking Baker Mayfield. Obviously, senior bowl didn't hurt. Helps Baker Mayfield. He's trending up. In some ways. Not in all ways. Right. I think I think the circus that was Baker Mayfield and some of the attention and you know loving the spotlight and all but that he showed stuff. Up. I, I don't. He did show up. He did show up, and he had a good week on the field. It's going to be interesting. And to there's see. a six in front of his height, which yeah, we know true. is true too. even if it was a millimeter too off, we know that helps. But Todd, so he's there at five. You you pointed out in your write up that 
John Elway, John Elway has seen him up close. He's also seen Josh Allen up close. What was kind of the deciding factor? Other, you know, I know there's sources I, and people I, you're talking to. But. Well, I think if the Broncos were to not go the veteran route and to go mm-hmm. with a quarterback, Mayfield might be more enticing because he's got 46 starts. He's the most experienced. I think he's more NFL ready today. Even though, you know, we see guys and that doesn't always play out. Right. Let's put it that way, but. I think there's something to that, and I think a guy like Baker Mayfield could go into it. It's a certainly a defensive a veteran locker room, but um, a veteran team mm-hmm. overall, and and be able to win that locker room over a little bit and be the leader that he needs to be as a, a rookie, and and have a chance to win the starting job and and compete. So I, you know, it's a little almost like Deshaun Watson in a certain and just that specific way where you come right. in. And everyone respects you because of what you did in college and gives you a shot versus a guy like Josh Allen, who, you know, guy in a Wyoming, wasn't highly recruited. Don't, people don't really know about him. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, doesn't have nearly the reps and doesn't have nearly the consistency with his accuracy that, that Baker Mayfield brings, although his physical tools are stupid and his potential is through the roof. I just, I don't know. I think. Specifically just for Denver, I thought that made a little bit more sense, but nothing will surprise me in terms of where these four quarterbacks wind up going. Mel, you get a little bit Todd referenced Deshaun Watson. I would you know, I look at Deshaun Watson versus excuse me, uh Deshaun Watson versus say Mitchell Trubisky last year when you're thinking about what a guy is able to do right away. Mitchell Trubisky, like we said, going back to Mark Sanchez, he hadn't played a lot of college football. Deshaun Watson played a ton, including some huge games. Now, who has the higher ceiling? especially when you factor in Watson's health. And you can maybe ask the same questions with some of these guys. But Baker's played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. He has. And I think uh, that was a good point Todd made about the Watson-Mayfield you know, Mayfield, the comparison about, hey, winners coming in. Now, Watson's attitude was spectacular. He was like Russell Wilson on a scale of 1 to 10. He was a 15 character-wise. And I'm not saying Mayfield's not a decent character. It's just the antics, I think, and he had the one off the field issue. But if he's professional, I said this all day today, if he's professional between now and late April, I think Todd's right. He's going very high. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. The thing you have to really factor in when you look at this mock is, and anybody's mock is, we don't, we can't assume that every team loves all these quarterbacks because they're not going to. You got to try to figure out, well, who do they like more than the other? You talk about Allen. John Elway was on the sidelines for the Central Michigan Bowl game, where he looked really good coming off the shoulder injury. He had him all week. He watched him all week, and he sees a six-five quarterback against a six-foot quarterback. Strong arm, strong arm for Mayfield. Allen's mobility showed up in the game. He was nine to thirteen. And this notion about the accuracy, and I get the fifty-six percent. Matthew Stafford was at fifty-seven percent. Uh, I think you look at is he Nuke Lelouch, Todd? I, I watched today. I went five thirty this morning. I got because we knew we were talking about that. I walked to Josh Allen. I didn't see Nuke Lelouch, and that's a guy from Bull Durham who was throwing the ball all over the place with that 95-mile-an-hour fastball. So Nuke I, Lelouch. <laughs> you know, I, I, he's not Nuke Lelouch, he, he's, and that's what he's kind of made out, this accuracy, big accuracy issue. And he didn't have any – I call them layups, these gimmies, these little throws that make you go from 57 to very 63 very easily. So he's not have, he doesn't have the gimmies and, and the easy layups that are going to add to that completion percentage. So, and he didn't like he had and great his count receivers around. don't separate. Yes, I mean, there was uh, – yeah, No, I, I know. I, I'm, yeah. Listen, I've been defense lawyer all oh, fall for this Hey, I'm with you. I think that this – like I said, I brought up Nuke I think these guys are – I think we just have on our hands a really – really good group of four quarterbacks at the top 
all of which are capable of succeeding at a high level at the next level. I really it's interesting. Do. All he, four could be really good, and there's there's concerns about and all you, four. But also, as Polian always says to me, because it's what he used to say to his staff all the mm-hmm. time, how, if he's going to fail, how how is he going to fail? And I think it's pretty easy with all four of these guys mm-hmm. to figure out where that failure point would be. Right. Well, it, it, it's interesting, too, because they all – they all have different sizes. There's all different ranges of experience. I mean, you know, just look at L.A. where you have Rosen's the guy who's played a lot more football, but he's the one where you get attitude questions. Right. You know, he's a Darnold, hasn't played, Darnold hasn't played as, as much football, but he's running for Chamber of Commerce of Cleveland. I mean, it's like every single guy has these has these totally different question marks. And frankly, they're kind of different shapes and sizes, too. Yep. So, Allen's the most extreme, I think, in right. terms of... What what he can be and how easily he could bust. Right. right, and the reason, and just to go back, the reason I gave Allen the Cleveland in the first Moktad was simple. It was just one reason. I had no, you're not going to get inside information because these guys only know they're taken now. No. When we were doing these first line. They're not telling you anything anyway. I gave Allen the Cleveland because John Dorsey made the move to get Patrick Mahomes. Yep. What does Patrick Mahomes have? He's the gunslinger. He's got the big arm. And I felt like, okay, Stealing. you wanted that over Alex Smith. Then you go, you had in Kansas City as well. You brought Alex Smith to Kansas City. You were around Brett Favre in Green Bay who had the howitzer for an arm. Maybe... It's, he's trending the one in the big arm. And Especially I in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Coming out of Wyoming, playing in snow. He's going to have to deal with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, big Cincinnati. Hands, yeah, big the hands, ball. bad weather. He's Darnold mobile does, as doesn't, well. No, I get it, man. I, yeah. I, I, I told that you was ra- that was a, Now, whether it's right or wrong, that was my rationale. And, and the first thing I told you that day when we were here in Bristol, is I was dying to kill you on something. It was just going to make the day more entertaining. <laughs> I got it. I, you know, I really did. It made sense, and, and I thought about it myself. But I couldn't go give it Allen one after you did it, guys. <laughs> I want. No, I, re- I really just. I, I I like Darnold the most. Mm-hmm. So more than anything, I, I kind of went with. Hey, that. And, he, just, and by the way, again, he's also the guy who's on the record of saying Cleveland, please draft me. Essentially, right, right. I mean, and Rosen was, was, one, Rosen was the one. And Rosen was one, not Josh Allen. It said right. he didn't want to be in Cleveland, so that was Josh Rosen. So let's get our Josh's right on that. It was Josh Rosen that made that comment, and obviously Darnold's doing and saying all the right things in terms of Cleveland. But you know, you just got to reconcile the year that he had and the fact that he didn't finish with a bang. He finished with a thud against Ohio State. So I think. And you go back, as you said, it is the total body of work. I think Wendy and Nick's, when you were talking, they, hey, it's about everything they did. you got to put it all together, and there's a lot to like about Sam Darnold, a lot to love about Sam Darnold. So, hey, I'm not going to argue Sam Darnold. It's gonna, to me, it's going to come down for me who the best – and I said this today, Todd. It's gonna, the number one quarterback on my board is either going to be Darnold or Josh Allen. Guys, flipping off the quarterbacks – flipping off the quarterbacks, that sounded good. Getting away from the quarterbacks for a minute here. I go through this first round that Todd has. Looks reasonable to me, but I see Calvin Ridley at eight, wide receiver, Alabama. Christian Kirk, wide receiver out of Texas A&M, comes off the board. Uh, Excuse me, I'm trying to find the spot. A little bit later, what do we got? 24 to the Carolina Panthers. Two wide receivers. Then you have Saquon Barkley obviously coming off at four. Guys, if I'm a team... And my offense stinks. Or if I'm a fan and saying, "Man, we need to get some playmakers." This just, it's just. I know, I get that there's quarterbacks and there's some good defensive players, there's some good corners, but this draft just it seems like it's a little bit light on playmakers. I don't know, and, man. I don't know. Right? I don't know, but I'm just saying that's two wide receivers. Yeah, well, and the and wide a receivers back. specifically, this is not a strong group. This is I. 
I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a major drop off after Ridley, and I don't think Ridley's AJ Green or Julio Jones or in that caliber. I think you're right. you're drafting a you know a great number two, hopefully, or or maybe he's your, however you want to define it. Mm-hmm. I do think he's NFL ready, and I do think he's a great route runner, and I I think he's going to surprise people based off of the lack of production at Alabama, what he can do in the NFL. But after that, there's the, the depth of wide receiver is not great. But I do think this running back class is loaded. I think Darius Geis could work his way into the first round. I think Ronald Jones, some teams think he's a first-rounder coming out of USC. I think the you go in the second, third round, uh, Sony Michelle is another guy who I think could go in the top 40 or so picks. And tight end, the more I watch these tight ends, the more I'm starting to like them. I don't think it's, you know, the best group we've had in years, but I, I do think Dallas Goddard is, I would argue, the most underrated player in this draft right now. I think he's a, he, his value is in the first round, and I think he's becoming a rare two way tight end. And you, the more tape I watch, the more I just realize that this guy can block legitimately. Mm-hmm. You can work him in line, you can detach him. And he can he can move block. He can get open down the field. He's a playmaker. He's got a little, you know what, to him. He's he's a tough guy, and I think I think there's some guys behind him too. Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. I know he's an age prospect. He's 25, 26 years old. Played uh, pro baseball with the the Pirates mm-hmm. organization, but. He's a really good athlete, and I, I think he can come in and contribute right away. And you put him catcher. in the first round. I put in him this late mock, in the first yeah. round to uh, the Jaguars at number twenty-nine. And then there are some other guys. I'm not as big on Gasecki from Penn State as as some others are, but I do recognize the fact when the ball's in the air, he's a nightmare to contend with because he's tall, he's long, and he can absolutely sky. Mel, so there's some talent there, Mel. Yeah, let me just say this. I think the Goddard thing, and I love Goddard all year. And I, I, I compared him. If you remember, Todd, who did I compare Goddard to? Who was the comp for Goddard? Gronk. No, it was Zach Ertz. Oh, okay. And I just saw an insane number. You think about the way he plays, the way he catches, the the you know the catch radius, the basketball back. I loved all that about a Goddard. But I think Zach Ertz will help Goddard, and I think the way Ertz does really come on and taken over. And the great Super Bowl as a co MVP in my mind for the two uh, two foals. In, in your that will help record him. book. Uh, yeah, in my personal, exactly. And I, I compare, uh, I see a little, like you say, who's number one. Nobody thought Marvin Harrison was going to be the great number one and future Hall of Famer. He was coming out of Syracuse. And you see a little Ridley, a little Marvin Harrison in, in Calvin Ridley. So sometimes you don't think they're going to be ones, and they are. Some guys you think like Kevin White and Amari Cooper are going to be great ones, and they aren't. So sometimes it doesn't always work that way. And I gave that stat of 56 receivers in the first two rounds the last seven years, only four are number one. So it's tough to find number ones in the first two rounds. Todd, anyway, that's just hard to find. And in this draft, it's even harder. Mel, you mentioned Marvin Harrison, um, one in 19, another player went in that range, Brandon Cooks. I'm thinking of these smaller ride receivers in history. There's a bunch of them that really pop once they get that 4-3 on the board somewhere. I think Cooks went like 4-3-1, something like that. Now, I think Cooks was considered a round-one type, he just cemented that. Are, is, are there anybody, again, in this playmaker category, mm-hmm. is there somebody who can go out there, run the 4-3 range from the wide receiver class, and suddenly just put themselves in another group? Because right now that guy doesn't really exist. But again, these times go on resumes really high. I like DJ Moore, and I don't need to hear the bell, Josh. Uh, DJ Moore. I'm going to say DJ Moore at Maryland. I think Kurt. he's the kind of guy... 
I did it anyway. Uh, that, yeah, there could be in that group. And Todd has talked about Jordan Lastly. He Lashley, was a big man. time guy for Josh Rosen. You know, if you can reconcile the off the field issue, and I think that's the thing. If he, uh, I can again, always reconcile. You can reconcile. Wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he could, he could. So I would say my guy will give Todd Lastly because he brought him up. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jordan Lastly had a great year. And, uh, DJ Moore for Maryland. Those would be two guys I would, uh, look at as guys could be better than advertised. And in the running back category, Todd brought up a guy like Jones uh, from USC. I mean, again, it's... How about Mark Walton? If Mark he's Walton from Miami comes back from the injury, as Frank Gore did from Miami, when I believe Gore was a third-round pick, uh, Mark Walton, don't sleep on him. He was yeah. you know, arguably their best player no, on the side of the ball. If you talk to anyone on that team, they think that he's easily the best athlete that they mm-hmm. played with. They... I, I was actually surprised we had him in the bowl game and all, like, they just kept bringing Mark Walton up and, you know, he, he was a surefire first rounder and he was this and that, the other thing. And I, I thought he was a good player, but I didn't, I didn't realize quite how explosive maybe he is as a, uh, just a, a raw athlete. All right, guys, hitting this mock draft again from Mr. McShay. It's on ESPN.com right now. You can check it out. A couple other names that were big movers. From uh, previous ones we've done, you guys have each done one. Todd, tell me about Connor Williams jumping up to number 12. He goes to Cincinnati. Connor Williams is a tackle out of Texas. Suddenly he puts himself in that group among the top offensive linemen taken. Yeah, I I had him as the first offensive tackle Mm -hmm. and the only left tackle in this class since going back to the preseason. It's just the durability became a concern and you just didn't know. And then he, you know, he sits out the bowl game because he wants to prepare for the draft. That's fine. He's not the first to do it. Won't be the last. Um, but the reports I'm getting is that he's, he's in, like, he's trending in the right way and things look good medically. And I think because he's the only left tackle, in my opinion, the guy who projects best as a left tackle in the NFL, uh, that it's a team in Cincinnati that certainly they've, they've drafted some tackles and they just haven't seen to hit. So I, I think that could make sense, but, to me, Quentin Nelson is, he might be the second, third best player in the entire draft. He's a guard. He's going to be the first offensive lineman off the board. It'd be by, I would bet on that if, uh, if, uh, if that was a prop bet in Vegas. But, um, but Connor Williams, in terms of the tackles, if, if he's okay medically and checks out at the combine, I think he has a really good chance to be the, the first offensive lineman taken. Mel, another offensive lineman who has popped and Todd has him in the top 20 range now. Seniorable, probably a part of it. Isaiah Wynn from Georgia uh, was really impressive down there from everything I heard and saw. Is Mel, do you agree that this guy's suddenly a top 20 type? Yeah, I mean, you saw Cooper go in the top 10, and you saw the tackle to turn guard. But, hey, you, know, you talk about being a guard prior to that. So he's got experience both. Uh, you know he's not a tackle in the NFL with his height, but the way he played down there, and you watched it, and Todd was on the field. I'm watching this guy. Just, yeah, nobody can touch him. I mean, nobody can get nearer the quarterback. He's dominating everybody, and he's just mirroring everybody. I mean, nobody could, he was a stick-out performer. And is that going to be enough to get him in the first round? Probably. Uh, and I think Todd had him somewhere. What did you have him, Todd, in the 20 somewhere? Yeah, number 20 to Detroit. 20 to Detroit. Uh, I mean, to me, and the other guy, Colton Miller from UCLA is a big tackle who I think can maybe trend a little up as we get closer. We'll see. There's some mixed opinion on him. Uh, he's a kind of a polarizing player of a guy who's got, I think, first round caliber ability, an offensive tackle, Colton Miller out of UCLA. You know, the one position too, I've started to look that is a little bit deeper than I thought is cornerback. You know, you've got Denzel Ward, who I think, wait until people see what he does at the combine. 
and player, and his too. tape is his tape is just as good. I, uh, he is physical for his size. Mike Hughes from from Central Florida, I think, is an underrated player. Is going to be a top twenty, top twenty five pick. Uh, Josh Jackson from Iowa. I'm interested to see what his top end speed is, but he's he's a ball hawk and long. Yeah, and has the length you look for. MJ Stewart from North Carolina is one of those underrated corners. I've so something that gets us to what five corners five in the first corners. round. Yeah. Did you put Carlton Davis in the first round? I didn't, but he was he was right there. He was right on the out of, out of Auburn. We're going to mention these schools. Camby always tells Mike yeah. Camberry, you got to mention the schools. I didn't know where these guys come from. So Carlton Davis from Auburn. Did you, you put Isaiah today, man? Huh? Did you put Isaiah Oliver from Colorado in the first? No, but I I, I didn't either. I had him. I'm right there. He's right borderline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple other uh, newer names. Um, just to get on people's uh, map, we've talked a little bit about Marcus Davenport. I uh, just wanted to bring him up again. Todd mocks him number fourteen overall to the Miami Dolphins. The reason I say Bay. it is that's now Green that's, that's that's Green Bay, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, number fourteen overall to the Packers. Reason I mentioned Davenport is because now you guys have both put him in this range. It seems like uh, it seems like his his stock is 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 pretty set as a top twenty type after the senior. Month. I don't know that it, it's not definitively set. He's just right. he's talented and. You know, six five, you almost watch, six six, watch two, tape. almost two sixty. He looks like Ezekiel Ansa, a, a raw, you know, when, thing when, to look like. when Ansa was coming out, and he has power. He has the ability to develop into a double digit type sack guy in the league, and he can play the run. Now he's got to learn to play with more consistency in terms of leverage. He's got to develop his hand usage, and and, and he's not. He's a different cat. He's not. For as decorated as he is and as talented as he is, he's not a guy who's, you know, your type A confident personality, um, which will be analyzed, but he is really talented. I mean, I, you could argue he's just from a raw talent standpoint, he, he's up there in top two. Yeah, I, I would put him as number two pass rusher in this draft. Mel, one more name that people don't know. I know you've seen him play a couple times. James Daniels, who can play guard or center. Mm-hmm. He gets his first look in a ESPN mock draft. I don't think either of you had him previously. James Daniels, Todd puts him number 26 to the Atlanta Falcons. He's out of Iowa. What are we getting? Really good player. And the thing about Iowa kids coming out with Kirk Ferentz, great technically. And I think ready to come in and play immediately. Uh, they love the versatility. But a guy who I think can be an anchor, can be a leader up front. Uh, you know, we saw what, it, what guys like Alex Mack and others have done. You know, Nick Mangold. Uh, so I think Billy Price from Ohio State and, and Daniels. I think two Big Ten centers. Uh, I just love Iowa linemen for that reason. I think they come out ahead of the game, uh, and I think they come out yeah, about who's NFL ready and then has the ability to play two different spots. So I have no problem with Daniels being projected into the late first round. At 31 to New England, Todd gave him MJ Stewart, talked about him a little bit. Another relatively, uh, not unknown, but a guy people, people don't know a lot about. The Eagles uh, stay wealthy up in the middle with Taven Bryant, a defensive tackle from Florida. I say stay wealthy, stay loaded on the defensive line. Who's Taven Bryant? He's an explosive athlete. He is. He's uh he, he had production. He can continue to develop in terms of his pass rush moves, but I I think he's gonna test well. I know he he's he gets off the ball quickly. I I've done enough tape where I feel like he's gonna be in the first couple rounds. I I just like I like the explosiveness and the 
the raw the raw ability that I saw. I, I'm interested to see you know if he verifies those numbers when he works out and continue to watch more tape on him. But what I've seen so far, he flashed, and I, I, I like him, and I think the Eagles are at a point there where, shoot, I mean, they, they can take any position they want outside of maybe quarterback, and they could even justify that if they traded Foles and be be fine in terms of what they're building. And I, I think defense, finding pass rushers, man, if you can get one, especially along the interior, they can work in a rotation and mm-hmm. can prevent you from getting old a year or two down the line. Good way to go if you have that luxury. Todd and Mel, just just so people know, you call him a twitchy guy. You also call him a one gapper. Just for people who don't know, you know, generally you're talking about a guy that's not going to deal with to take on two two, ga- two gaps and yep. essentially two blockers. But I mean, a two gapper is a guy you want, you know, you're big, yeah. yeah, you want him to and you want him to be able to anchor and occupy two gaps so that your linebacker can then flow. One gapper is typically, and a lot of times you have a one gap guy, and you still want him to get in the gap and, and hold the point, and then work off the block once once he knows that he's done his job. But in this case, I think a little bit of a three technique, meaning that you're getting up the field, you're penetrating in a scheme that that asks you to do that. Mel, as you looked at this mock, and I know you guys have done some TV on it, were there a couple names that you? We're thinking, man, I wish I would have shoehorned this guy in at this spot. Were there a couple names that you – I know you you got another one coming soon too, so you don't have to give it all away. Mel hasn't a couple, even looked at it. A couple people that you've uh, <laughs> thought about as round one types that it's it's hard to slide them in right now. Yeah, Dane and Ben were able to get it to me because I said i got to see this thing before I do TV with McShay. i got to see what he had. Yeah. Sometimes Todd, they don't tell us. Todd's not, Todd's yeah, Todd's not going to leak it to you. No, Todd, Todd would not leak it to me. But I, I saw the – I mean, yeah, and it, to critique – and we always are supposed to bash – you can't do that because we're dealing with what we think at slash what we're hearing and what the needs are now, and they're going to change, and free agency is going to impact all this. So nobody's going to be way off. Uh, I look back at, at the first one. There's some changes I will make, definitely, no question about it based on it and, and let's face it how many how many uh first rounders todd were in now mobile had a lot of talent give phil savage a lot of credit but you can count on one hand the first rounders yeah. so it's not that senior bowl didn't impact our first round that much uh based on the guys like i say you know mayfield josh allen were down there okay davenport was down there you know isaiah Wynn was down there that's four right yeah you know, and the only guys i've moved in are really well Wynn was one of them but i right. mostly based off of a goddard I yeah. finally had the time to really go back and study his and tape. That wasn't for real. Senior Bowl, right? Right, exactly. He wasn't. Well, he right, was there so, for three snaps and got right, injured. Right. So Senior Bowl impacted guys can count on one hand. So this whole thing is about projecting, and we don't know combine numbers. We don't know measurables on any of these underclassmen. Yeah, accurate what measurables. Height is for half yeah. these guys. Yeah, we don't know how. Obviously, Josh Jackson you mentioned forty oh, times for some of these corners is going to be important. So if I looked <laughs> at it and said Colton Miller, Todd, did you think about Colton Miller from UCLA in the first? Yeah, I haven't done enough work on him though. To be honest with you, I just haven't. Because that was a guy I thought would be, and he'll be in my, he was a guy I thought when I looked, I was waiting to see, and I thought that I overlooked where, then given the Ravens a defensive player, Vita Vea, who's kind of drawn comparisons, obviously, to Holodi Nada, but are the, are the Ravens in a position to draft another defensive player over offensive player? I just did it to piss you off. Oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> no, uh, no, did you, I, couldn't, it, you, couldn't you find an offensive player to give the Ravens, Todd? Let me see, let me go back to my thought process on that. I almost spent 20 minutes on the Ravens, but I oh, thought yeah. I was surprised there wasn't an offensive player going there. We have 10 mailbag questions. We'll make them all Ravens. <laughs> the next offensive player I have is four spots down at guard. No. And then center guard. And then uh, Christian Kirk, I didn't want to take that early. Right. 
at, at 16. Goddard. I, I mean, a running I'd back. I'd trade down there a little right, bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's you, a trade you always down, trade right. down. This was oh, Ozzy's yeah. last draft. He'll trade down for trade you. Trade down. Sure. And the thing is, too, and the it, entire third round. Yeah. And the one player, too, and I think we look at, you know, who are we going to go with? And Cortland Sutton, wide receiver SMU, Todd. We know there were some games where he was a little too quiet for a, a talented kid that he is, but then he had other games where he was lighting it up. Uh, you know, will he be a first round caliber player come late April? I think he has to have a, a really eye-opening workout, which he's capable of doing. I, it, the tape is concerning to me because he doesn't—he doesn't attack the ball all the time and and play with the aggressiveness of what you would expect to get if you're going to use a first-round pick on a wide receiver. And any time he went up against a good secondary or a good corner like Mike Hughes, he struggled. Mm-hmm. And Mike Hughes is a first-round guarantee. Mm-hmm. Right. Mike Hughes, who was not really well known, North uh, Carolina transfer had a little ago. trouble, but cleaned yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we've hit a bunch of these names, and we've also hit uh, the Super Bowl teams. Let's hit your mail after the break. You tweeted, and uh, we noticed we got some questions in here. Some of them are verifiably insane, uh, but those are also fun. Mel, do you want to get us uh, started here sure, right now? Say that verifiably insane, somebody said that's me, so let's go. Yeah, Todd kind of called you on that earlier. Yeah, who Shay constantly does it? Who name a guy who Dallas the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> should consider moving up for besides a QB? Is there anybody you just look at their needs and think, yeah, maybe they should get up? They don't have a ton of of say they have to have this guy. I right, O lines yeah, okay, yeah, quarterback I mean, set. Yeah, they're, they're to, to say not move up to get for the Dallas Cowboys. No, I actually gave them Vita Vea. Uh, in the first, who did you get Dallas, Todd, in your latest mock? I gave him the defensive tackle. I don't know, Mel. I was texting. Let's help somebody. him out. Oh, here we go. Defensive uh, tackle, Mel Mel All right, so we're thinking along the lines of this. So you gave him a defensive Short tackle. Short the D-line, yes. All right, so at that point, you're not – Deron Payne's another one's going to go in that general. I gave him to the charger. So I don't think you would move up. I think they will get a defensive tackle. that they, Unless they feel one's head and shoulders above the rest, maybe they move up to get one of those guys. Yeah, and I don't know how high – the way this is set up, there's a lot of defenders in this mock draft from Todd today, but the – in terms of pass rush, it seems like it's Bradley Chubb, and then you get a bit of a drop off. Well, it's- Davenport, and I think Davenport. I had him at fourteen to Green Bay. Like that. I'm going to move him up a little. I understand the Senior Bowl week; he was not as explosive and not as dominant as people thought going, and he would be, uh, you know. And all of a sudden, the game, and he's making some things happen here and there. And he had a great, I thought, a great season overall. He can play on his feet. He's a pass rusher. I got to believe. When I do the next mock, which will be in two weeks, uh, I'll have him a little higher than fourteen, I believe. Isn't that a tease? Can't wait. Last time Dallas took a player like Marcus Davenport, small school, not small school, but obviously not a, not nearly a power five type, and they they were in that draft range. Demarcus Ware turned out to be a pretty good player out of Troy. Am I right, Troy? Yeah, mm-hmm. Troy number eleven, I believe. Marcus Ware. All right, let's mm-hmm. give Todd one of these. See how he holds up, Todd. After such a phenomenal season and career, why isn't Tyrell Crosby rated higher among the offensive linemen? Todd's going to say it because he's not good. No, he's he's a good player. He's not elite. He's he's one of the best players in the bad body club that I've ever seen. I'll give him that. He's he's a Love little more club. little more athletic than um than he looks is the best way to put it. Yeah, deceptively athletic. 
Uh, let's see here. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> Mel, assuming one, if not two, of the top 15 teams signs a veteran QB. Right. So say Cousins goes somewhere and suddenly a Josh Allen or a Baker Mayfield is out of the question. Mm-hmm. Can you fathom a situation where the Baltimore Ravens would take a QB if it fell to them at 16? The right one fell possibly, and I don't think that the right one will fall that far. So I, right. I don't think it will be a QB at 16. I think it will be an offensive player. I think the, the, Perfect scenario. This is a still a, a Ozzie Newsome draft. Ozzie Newsome loves Alabama players. Uh, and if Calvin Ridley somehow fell to Baltimore, I think you could mark him down. I don't necessarily think he will go to Baltimore or be there for Baltimore. Uh, a tight end. Todd mentioned Dallas Goddard, uh, who would be a guy. Uh, you know, if you want comparisons, we said I said Zach Ertz. I also said Todd Heap. So you could look at the Baltimore saying, okay, let's bring in a Dallas Goddard. But I would think move from sixteen down to. 19 to 25 and still getting, they've done that before. So I would think they're going to get, I think they're going to come out of this first round with either a wide receiver or a tight end. All right. Let's see here. What else do we have? Um, interesting question, especially now that Josh McDaniels is there. Todd, who do you think could make a bigger impact for the season, next season for the Colts. I think they're talking early impact guy, if they're thinking that way. Chubb or Barkley? It's kind of a fair question because they could use both of them. Frank Gore ain't going to play forever, I don't think. Yeah, it is a fair question. They need a pass rusher. I don't know, man. I, I would take the best player. I'd take Barkley. But you mocked them, Chubb. I did. And you also, I think you've said before, you could see that team obviously – this would be a great the Colts have spot. their quarterback. They could get out of there too. Yeah, it would be a great trade out spot. If I could get Barkley with Andrew Luck, they're I don't know. Talking long term now. Now you're talking, you know, a few years down the road. Right. I don't know. That would be a tough call. It'd be a tough call because clearly you need a pass rusher more immediately, but long term. I mean, just about everyone I've talked to in the league now. I don't know about you, but just 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 about every single person I've talked to agrees that. Barkley's the best player, which means he'll probably be a bust. But he, uh, <laughs> only if Cleveland drafts him. Yeah. All right. This one's kind of fun. We'll take this one and maybe one more. Mel, if the giant, if the Jets sign Cousins, I, I can certainly see that as a possibility mm-hmm. among right. the few teams that are out there. If the Jets right. sign Cousins, who would be an interesting trade partner with them? Would they consider even dealing, doing a deal with a, with a rival in the Bills? Again, it's interesting. The Jets are sitting there at six. Yeah. There's a legit possibility that one of the four quarterbacks, most likely Mayfield or Allen, or maybe even Darnold, the way you've mocked it, Mel, is a, yep. is a possibility there at six. But again, if you throw a, a barrel of money at Kirk Cousins, there's no reason really to take that guy. If you get Cousins, it's probably no, no, it's three, four not years. Taking a no, you're not taking a quarterback. And this is a team that went that route with Hackenberg in the second round and Bryce Petty. Yeah, Maybe they feel like, let's get a steady, consistent, you know, solid, I would say consistent, solid veteran. He's got to eliminate some of the, the mistakes and the turnovers. But, you know, Cousins in New York, I, I could see that happening. So who trade, who did, that's a, that's definitely a trade up spot then. Could you yeah, see I that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say right there. I mean, Miami's at 11. I don't know if they would move up. I don't think they would. I think maybe 
they'll go with, hey, let's roll the dice with Tannehill staying healthy. Some people thought Miami might look quarterback, but I don't think they would move up. Maybe if one fell to them, but I don't think they'll move up to get one. I want to see, you know, I think when you look at 15 with Arizona, you know, Nick Foles, and we'll see what happens with him, but the, the, Alex Smith's in Washington now. There was a lot of talk about where Alex Smith could go. Arizona was in that mix. Arizona at 15 may be a team that you could deal with uh, that would be looking to move up and get one of those quarterbacks. All right, Todd, you can wrap this up. Uh, these guys were mocked really close together. Um, which linebacker is the better prospect? Tremaine Edmonds out of, obviously, Virginia Tech or Roquan Smith of Georgia fame? Who You have, I think, Edmonds slightly higher. Yeah, yeah, I do. Different they, types, though. They, they are to a certain degree. They're certainly different body type, types. Tremaine Edwards is 6'5", 250, can play on the edge, but has a lot of experience playing off the line. He can cover, he can rush. I think the versatility, he's another guy who's going to, I mean, his, his stock is already high, so this isn't a Mike Mamula thing, but he's supposed to test, just blow up the combine, basically. Freak. Yeah, yep. he's a physical freak, so that's going to only help him a versatile freak, which is what you like even more. Because exactly. it, yeah, the, the height, the, the height inside is huge. The outside ability, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think come draft day, Tremaine Ed- and I'm going to do this in the mock tie. He's going to be, he's going to be in my top five, six, seven players overall in terms of the mock. Yeah, I've of, got him nine or ten right now. He's going to go. He's going to go high. I think it was. I think he's the hot guy. Everybody talked to raves about Tremaine Edmonds, and you know, again, people love the safe. The safety net, which is versatile, can play multiple spots in addition to be, being a guy who's going to test off the charts, in addition to having over 100 tackles. So the produ- it's not a, a workout warrior where the production doesn't match the talent. The production does match that ability. Well, you've just gotten through 45, 50 minutes of three of the smartest people on the planet, obviously. All three picked the Eagles. And the over. And the over. Holy mackerel. And we don't have to pick another football game for... Months. It's awesome. Um, I'm Chris. We had Mel. We had Todd. We talked Super Bowl. What's going to happen with those teams? Mel when I, took us on a diatribe about why the Atlanta Falcons should play a home game for the Super Bowl next year. That I liked awesome. that. that was- and then we hit Todd's mock, which you can find on ESPN.com. Pull out your wallet. That's what you got to do for Todd McShay. Yeah, I don't hear about that every day. Nope. Nobody tweets at him about Insider. None. Uh, Todd will also be featured on your TV screen against the giant draft board. It's free there. Uh, 24 hours a day. See ya. Give or take. Can I go home now? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a turkey burger. How's that? Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's time to eat. Mel, always a pleasure. <laughs> you got it. Um, you know, maybe if you're lucky, Todd will call into your radio show again this week. Two weeks, by the way. Two weeks. The mock number two comes out. Oh, wow. McShay will have to go on... And deal with me as well, because he always has to be there anytime. No, I'm not. Not this time, buddy. Really? TVU, maybe. Is it really? Yep. So wow. you're not going to help me this year, this time. I'll huh? help you. Just I'll be from the confines of my office and not not spending a whole day away from watching tape. You can right. you can deal with like pulling. I don't want to call this wasting you. time, but. <laughs> But you did. But you did. <laughs> filling filling <laughs> the audience niche is a better way to put it. I think McShay always has a way of saying things and then saying, oh, I wasn't trying to say that. Yeah, you were. You weren't really trying to say that. Try to sneak it in there. right? All right. Love you guys. Later. Hey, hey, don't forget. Don't forget. Darian Mel, Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to noon. Such a used car salesman. (laughs) That's first draft for this week. We'll do it again uh, soon. We survive the week. 
for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.